Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Show, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And Shitty Superheroes Month continues. But, unlike last week, we have a shit film that we spent four hours analysing. <laughs> but one that we actually enjoyed spending that long with. I didn't want it to end. Okay. <laughs> no? You're not the same... Uh, it's a trash piece. Yeah. It's, um, it's shit, but it's uh, camp, and it's fun. This is truly unreal uh, that a film like this exists. I mean, you know, as we mentioned in the last episode, it's quite a good time for superhero films right now. And looking at the quality of the films being released now, and looking back at something like this, and the fact that this actually had, spoiler alert, a $6 million budget uh, thrown its way, it's it's bizarre. We are of course talking about Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, released in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, it's crazy to think of where Marvel used to be compared to where it is now. Was this the same year as Blade, or was it a year removed from Blade? Uh, same year as Blade, I believe. That's even crazier. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Blade is very much in keeping with, you know, the sort of dark tone that you get nowadays um, with superhero films. And to have this absolute cheese fest released in the same year <laughs> yeah. is unbelievable. It's, it, it's weird because comic books have this, um, not so much now, but it used to, I mean, when I was younger, had this air of childishness. Yeah. It, it was for, for kids. Comic books were for kids. And so a lot of what you got based on comic books was very camp, very cheesy, uh, very childish. Um, this, is, this is a weird one because it's kind of somewhere in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know who this was made for. I don't know who this was made for. But it's very similar to something like Batman and Robin. It's, it's like a carbon copy of Street Fighter. Yes, yeah, which, which is, which is insane. You know, high camp. Um, yeah. But it, it's weird how now they're taken very seriously and they're being nominated for Oscars and people are taking the source material very seriously as well. You know, comic books and graphic novels are now looked at in a similar way to literature, to, you know non-fiction hardback novels mm -hmm. you know um it's 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 good it's good i mean I, I wish there was maybe a little more camp going on at the moment yeah i mean the last time they tried that was shazam and look at that ended up yeah but that was that was just pure cheese that was just cheesy that wasn't that wasn't camp that was mm. just yeah not funny well this was directed by rob hardy uh, you may know as the director of first Robinson Crusoe, December Boys, Crusoe, and various Crusoe. TV shows. Written by David S. Goya, the writer of Demonic Toys, the Blade Trilogy, The Substitute, The Unborn, Jumper, Terminator Dark Fate, and the fucking Dark Knight Trilogy. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight Trilogy. <laughs> yeah three of the greatest comic book films ever made how 
did he go from this to that? And, start but, somewhere. What a weird career, though. I mean, Unborn is terrible. Um, you know, Blade is obviously a great film. Blade Trinity is not a great film. His career is all over the place. I would assume he didn't have soul writing credit for a lot of those. Mm. I would assume that he wrote in partnership with others. Maybe. Um, that would be my assumption. Uh, as I mentioned, budget $6 million and it was made for TV, so we have no worldwide gross for it. Definitely made for TV. Getting <laughs> um, yeah, into trivia, David Hasselhoff uh, is in this. Uh, he later made a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and had a song on the soundtrack. So, uh, as himself, or as Nick as Fury? Himself, as oh, himself, as so, himself. But, you know, we're all hoping for him to come back as Nick Fury in the multiverse. This is weird as well, because 98, um, there would have been not many years removed from Baywatch. Yeah. So David Hasselhoff was still a big name. Yeah. In 98, I'm assuming, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. It's a strange... Career choice for him? It is weird. It's very weird. I mean, we've. I, I mean, now you know he would jump at the chance to play Nick Fury. Yeah. In a film, you know. Um, but back then, you know, it, it was oh, it's a comic book film made for TV. Yeah. I suppose they always kept trying though, didn't they? they always tried to do comic book films. It's one of those where th- there was a period. A lengthy period where a lot of comic book films were shit. And the the odd good one. Um, like in the 90s, I mean... I, I mean, it ranges back to the 60s, very, really. When you, yeah, but I suppose when you think about it, it was just uneven more than... Yeah. It was just all shit. Yeah. But, I mean, it wouldn't have been like a career you know, resurgence for anyone to play Nick Fury in a TV movie. No, not really. Um, no, I anyone heard of Nick Fury. It, it, he kind of he kind of looks like a parody of himself in a film. It's kind of like he's... He, he looks like the sort of washed-up action star you'd see in a film parodying David Hasselhoff. Doesn't, it's hard to believe it's actually him. Yeah, I, I, th- I feel like somebody watched Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. And decided that uh, obviously they couldn't do a sequel. So like, Nick Fury is a similar character in the comic books. Let's just uh, take that and try and make a new Snake skin. It's featuring Rob Hill's The Bad Movie Bible, (laughs) as it should be. Uh, Canon Pictures had an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. movie in the works in 1985 and 86. Of course they did. But it never materialised. Imagine if Canon made this. Yeah. That would have been amazing. You think? Yeah, I mean, not the right reasons, <laughs> obviously. And Charles Bronson would have absolutely played Nick Fury. Oh, my God, no. Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Is he? He was... They were pushing him at the towards the end of canon films, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, this is Marvel's first ever attempt at an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Uh, the next one would be more successful, of course, uh, from 2013 to 2020, and actually starred Clark Gregg and Chloe Bennett and ran for seven seasons. Oh, so do you think this was like an extended pilot for a TV series? Yeah, it, series. the intention was for it to go on to become a TV series. A TV series, I see. Uh, the teleplay was written by David S. Goyer several years before the film was made. And Goya was not otherwise involved as he was working on the television series Sleepwalkers. I see. So, yeah, seven years later, and this is what he got. 
Uh, Goya was not enthusiastic about the casting of Hasselhoff, uh, but in hindsight said Hasselhoff turned out to be the best thing in it. He got the joke. The script was meant to be very tongue-in-cheek, and he understood that. And uh, Goya described the film overall as pretty mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's very kind. As that's much as I had a blast with this... Well, he wrote it the is, thing, didn't well, he? <laughs> as much as I had fun with this, it is not a good film in the <laughs> slightest. It's, he calls it mediocre because he obviously isn't going to diss his own writing, but his writing is an issue within but it's, it's one of those where you can't deny it. There's no way that David Goyer, the writer of the Dark Knight trilogy, could watch this and be like, fuck you now. That was... What, that was mediocre. Yeah, mediocre. Uh, that, that was all right, weren't it? It's, it's somewhere in the middle. No, it's, it's, it's not. Um, but yeah, getting into it, Agent Nick Fury is asked to fight the menace of Hydra after exiling himself in the Yukon since the end of the Cold War. Uh, so yeah, we open at the cryogenic section of the Trinity base alongside the opening credits. They're very much... What you'd expect from a Van Damme, um, you know, Stallone, the, the sort of stereotypical action film. Yeah, but very credits. much made for TV as well, so yeah. it, it looks a little shoddy. Very generic soundtrack. Yes. Uh, agents of the terrorist organisation Hydra invade, invade the S.H.I.E.L.D. facility, killing Clay Quartermain and reviving a cryogenically preserved Baron Wolfgang von Strucker. There's uh, an inventive name for a villain. Uh, a very fake-looking, wrinkly, pale, cryogenically frozen corpse. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, just a, a, what happens a lot throughout this film? Um, a whole lot of nonsense just happens following this. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we get... I was a little confused at the beginning. I'm not going to lie to you here. I was a little confused um, because some army guys start shouting <laughs> about babysitting a corpse to another soldier who then very, the guy shouting very clearly pulls a gun on him, but he doesn't really react until he's shot. <laughs> um, it's very obvious, the, the gun, but he um, pretends he doesn't know it. Um, some alarm is set off for some reason, and then gas fills the lab, which makes more army men, I don't know where they were previous to the alarm going off, but it makes them start coughing. My big question is that the soldiers, who I now know to be part of S.H.I.E.L.D., were wearing blue camouflage. <laughs> Why does blue camouflage exist? And why would the army wear it when I assumed that camouflage meant you were camouflaged in a forest yeah. or a jungle? And therefore, camouflage should be green or, you know, and brown and, and white and have those colours within it. I mean, the only reference point I have to blue camouflage is the Venger Boys. <laughs> Yeah, they they weren't too dissimilar to the Venger Boys, and it, it's also also didn't wasn't there blue blue camouflage in Street Fighter? Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah of course there was. It, it's it was quite difficult to differentiate Shield and Hydra with these outfits and whatnot. I it's, had no idea what was going on. It just it was just stuff just happening. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, but it's all followed by a guy who looks a bit like Sean William Scott shouting, "Let us rock!" 
and let us roll. <laughs> he starts shooting, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't really, he doesn't really have go kill anyone until he's shot, and then he's dying, and his last words are, "Nick, look after her. Take care of her, Nick. I'll take care of her, Nick." Um, which the the <laughs> the problem is, I think. Even though I knew what Shield is, I, I know what Shield is because of the MCU films. If you would just put this on, not knowing any of the comic books, you'd be like, "What the fuck's go- who's this? What's going on here?" <laughs> you know. Well, after he says that, he is uh, approached by our main villain here. Uh, you may have already seen her on our YouTube channel with her big camp compilation. Uh, the villain is Viper, also known as Andrea von Strucker, the uh, the corpse uh, that's been frozen, his daughter. Uh-huh. Um, she is an absolute camp icon. No one delivers lines like her in any other comic book film. Yeah, with that fucking rotten... Uh, German accent. She she's also she also played Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and I, I really don't know how she kept landing in these roles. Um, but yeah, why do you think lots of people went after the role of Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Well, I mean, it's, it's like she's purposely seeking like really bad action she, films. Do you the think 90s. that was the nineties version of uh, Scarlett O'Hara? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Jennifer Lopez, I think, was the shoe in for her. She missed out at the end. Well, she she approaches him. And she's like, "Well, isn't that sweet?" His last words were Nick. Okay, and that's one word. That's a name. Yeah. That's one word. <laughs> but it's still left in there somehow. And she takes a breather after she just sits there breathing, and that'll be important a little later on. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. Someone who's seen the film to someone else who's seen the film. Who the fuck is he referencing when he says for Nick to look after her? I have no idea. I mean, when he says take care of her. Take care of her. Does he mean take care of her like, you know, kill her? Or take care of her, look after her? What, What does he mean? Yeah. So either he means take care of her, as in kill Andrea. Mm. Or take care of her... As in, look after someone, like Val, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, but she doesn't need looking after. But then there's, yeah, and there's no establishment of any relationship between this random let's rock and roll guy. No. Uh, and Val. Anyway. But yeah, uh, she she delivers those camp lines and uh, that's that's the end of the opening sequence. We are then introduced to Nick Fury, uh, retired and living in an abandoned mine shaft in the Yukon. Uh, he's approached by S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Alexander Goodwin Pierce. And speaking of Slay Queens, we. <laughs> well, okay, just give me a second. Give me a second. So, what I didn't understand is is he mining? What is he mining? What is he mining for? I don't know. He, do you know he's literally. Hitting a wall with a pickaxe. Yeah. He's not doing anything else. There's no... Like, like where does he live? What? Where's his vehicle? <laughs> he's he's living in a mineshaft. Living in a mineshaft, apparently, <laughs> but with no um, food or real resources. <laughs> what I also don't understand is there was a very shoddy door at the... <laughs> 
one end of this mine shaft. It's not the biggest mine shaft in the world. And um, Nick's startled by this door. Very shoddy. There's holes in it. Looks very flimsy. Um, a couple of shoves would have opened it. But it starts like shaking. Like someone's trying to get in. <laughs> I'm like wobbling as, as it... As it moves. And so Nick hides behind a wall. And, out, you know, they get the door open and they walk through the mine. And uh, whoever it is is trying to find Nick. And he gets to the end of the mine, which isn't very far. And at the end of the mine, there's a massive opening without a door. Because it's huge. This huge opening to the mine. And so Nick, like, grabs him, and uh, the guy's pierced, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Pierce. He, Nick grabs him, and he's like, what do you want to? And throws him, and then um, the plane lands. The CGI. The CGI <laughs> plane lands. And I'm, I, was just, I was just really confused, <laughs> because why use the door when the plane that I'm assuming you've just been on, uh, how he got onto the ground, I don't know, um, but the the plane that you're going to be using to get out of here has just landed on the other side, where the big opening is. So why have you just struggled with a door? <laughs> Number two, why does the door even exist to a mine, to a mine shaft? Why would why would you have a door there? It's all to build up suspense. And it's open the other side. Just fucking stupid. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Fortunately for us, and <laughs> all logic aside. Outsteps Val from the plane. Um, I'll have you know, her name is Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Yes. Now, um, that name might not be familiar to all comic book fans, but recently uh, Valentina was actually portrayed by Julia Louis-Dreyfus in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and she, she'll have some upcoming roles within the MCU. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus... Another camp queen, you know, camp icon, and she absolutely does the role justice in every way possible. However, for this film, we didn't quite get Julia Louis-Dreyfus. We got one better. We got another camp icon. And you could do the introduction, actually. Okay, so it's the queen of Beverly Hills, Lisa Renner. (laughs) The face of Rena Beauty. The face of Rena Beauty. The lips of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> the queen of putting her foot in it. Um, absolute legend. She had the same haircut for 20 years. <laughs> Not in this. Not in this. Oh, she's got a wig on, ain't she, in this one? Um, but you can tell underneath she's got that haircut. She's an absolute legend. I love her. She's just amazing. Yeah. In every way. She's she's got her lips already in nineteen ninety. She has. She you, has. You know one thing. Lips. You know one thing she hasn't got? What? The ability to act. <gasps> How dare you? Well she's not not exactly uh She's not exactly the worst actor in the film. Um Fortunately for her, she doesn't have to put on an accent. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> She's very lifeless in this. Like, all of her lines are delivered with very little effort. She's given us nothing. Um, but it is entertaining to watch. Excuse me, where's this negative energy coming from? Whilst we were watching the oh, film, I was loving like, yes. it. Yeah, of course I was. That doesn't mean she was giving us high energy. <laughs> she was giving us fuck all. 
And that is why she was entertaining to watch. You got the two balancers. You got fucking the Andrea Queen, Viper Queen, who is like full on in your face camp energy throughout. And then you've got Lisa Rinna, who's just like, yeah, I can't give a shit, but I'm here anyway. I'm going to try and be an action star. Um, yeah. <laughs> I need to see them two face off in the multiverse um, in the MCU. That would be great. Bring her back. Bring David Hasselhoff back if you have to, but bring Lisa Rinna back first. It'd just be Lisa Rinna asking if, uh, she, if people were doing coke in their toilet. <laughs> 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 oh, Louis, Julia Louis-Dreyfus talking about Harry Hamlin. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you ever talk about my husband. Um, yeah, so I had in my notes that this, this shortly after um, Nick Fury was hitting a wall with a pickaxe. Um, so yeah, so they, they arrived to return to duty, to get Nick to return to duty, to take down Hydra, uh, now led by the children of Von Strucker, an old enemy of his. Yeah, and initially Nick tells them to stick it up their collective assholes. Uh, he says you have to tell S.H.I.E.L.D. to shovel up their collective assholes. Well, they're part of S.H.I.E.L.D., aren't they? <laughs> uh, but which is the kind of weird <laughs> thing of, oh, okay, this ain't for kids then. This isn't... <laughs> I mean, like a kid's comic book film. But then he says... <laughs> Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Quite a mouthful when you get your tongue around it. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, don't let the blue blood fool you, Pierce. Val's an old hand at the sexpionage game, aren't yeah. you? Uh, okay, who is this for? Like... Seriously, this isn't for kids. Yeah. The sexpionage game. But then throughout the film, she doesn't do any sexpionage. No. She's actually quite classy, not trashy. And, uh, yeah, so... Well... sounds like a bitter ex. Until he's nearly died and she's trying to jump on his dick. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. (laughs) Um, Nick refuses to return until he learns of Quartermain's death. Oh no, that really important character. Um, he then accompanies Piers. That's his name. Yeah, I missed that. He accompanies Piers and Val um, to an awful, awful CGI version of the Shield Helicarrier. That's true. I think this was the first appearance of that on film, and it didn't come back until like the Avengers. But also before that, it's when they're explaining what's happened. Um, and they say, oh, are you Hydra's back? And they took the, the wrinkly corpse. He's like, damn. And then <laughs> he says, they're trying to send you a message. He's like, looks like I heard it. <laughs> I'm like, how can that screenwriter say it's just mediocre? <laughs> like, mate, your, sc- your script if, ain't great. So I don't even know if David Hasselhoff's in with the joke. I, I really don't. I feel like he's taking it really seriously. Yeah. But, but that's... But, David Escoia seems to think that he was in on it. Like, he was one big joke to him. It really wasn't. But the film didn't come across that funny. No. I I mean, it made me laugh because it was shit. Yeah. But it didn't... I mean, it didn't feel tongue-in-cheek. No. Well, it's it's very much that old case of a shit film being released, being shit, and then they're all like, oh, well, it was a comedy. It was tongue-in-cheek, and it really wasn't. Um, Once they get on the helicarrier... Uh, Nick is reunited with his old friends, Gabe Jones and Dum Dum Dugan. Lovely. What a great name. 
He's introduced to telepath Kate Neville. <laughs> She's somewhere in the middle of uh, of high energy and low energy, isn't she? Yeah, she's... I forgot she was there a lot of the time until she had to do something yeah, she looks with like, her psychic abilities. She looks like the lead singer of Shakespeare's sister. She does. Um, yeah, she, she, she's uh, a throwaway character. Yeah. What, what I didn't understand is when they entered the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters... There was an announcement over the tannoy as if they were at an airport. <laughs> Welcome to S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, and then he explained what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for. I can't remember. <laughs> I remember that the E stands for espionage. Why would your headquarters, if you're an espionage team or whatever, whatever collective espionage is, whatever, if you're trying to keep... So shit secret. Why would you have an announcement <laughs> when you enter? Everyone who's there should know what Shield is. Yeah. Like, like, welcome to this secret club. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's like a city in the sky. It's like freaking Star Wars, isn't it? I mean, the the Shield heli heli carrier is something from the comics. So, they they weren't trying to just randomly rip off Star Wars with that. Um, but. Yeah, he's also introduced to S.H.I.E.L.D. director General Jack Pincer, uh, who says, <laughs> So, we meet again, Fury. And Nick says to him, I'm not surprised, Pincer. Guys like you tend to cling to the ball no matter how many times you flush. <laughs> that is really disgusting. That is fucking disgusting. <laughs> Horrible image. So, again, is that, well, I suppose that's quite childish. I mean, it is the 90s. I mean, yeah. when I look back at some of the shows I used to watch as a kid in the 90s, I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's essentially Nick Fury just doesn't abide by the rules. No, he doesn't. And he's uh, he doesn't respect authority. Yeah. Um, he's a cool dude with an eye patch. In a bizarre series of events, um, he has shown some advanced technology... Uh, that S.H.I.E.L.D. is developing, including a life model decoy of Nick uh, that copies everything he says and does. This is fucking terrifying. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> I really... It's actually terrified as well. It literally... It, it is It is scary. I don't know, Again, I don't know why they thought kids would like this. Well, kids like stuff like that. Technology and... Stuff like that. The one thing I didn't quite understand is that he was Nick was given a gun that's been made to work only with his thermal censoring thing. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea is that only he can use it based on some sort of thing to do with him, his body or him personally. But I don't really understand because if he's been hiding for so long... Like, how they developed it without him there. Yeah. Which I found a bit weird, but anyway. I'm trying to find logic, I do apologise. Um, but yeah, yeah so he's given that. this gun and this robotic copy of himself. Um, but I, I wonder if they're going to come in handy later. I know, yeah. Film. Might be useful. Yeah, I think, I think so. He's shown a recording of Quartermain's death um, with <sighs> the, the, the exact same line dialogue from earlier but it's an extended version yeah because Quartermain for some reason had a contact lens <laughs> c 
camera. <laughs> he wasn't really undercover. <laughs> not only records like video, but also records audio as well yeah. for some reason. I don't know how a contact lens does that. But here, here I am trying to find logic again. I do apologise. I'm so sorry. Um. Yeah, so we get the whole, ah, um, oh, your last word was Nick or whatever. But then she carries on talking immediately after. Like, there's no break where there was earlier where she had a breather. No. And she just talks shit for about three minutes. She, she just really talks shit. In this, so many people just talk <laughs> shit. Just really, just absolute crap. Um, and she's one of them. Yeah. She is, but it's it's entertaining when she does it. Um, yeah, Nick's uh, informed that she is uh, Von Strucker's daughter, codenamed Viper, and her brother um, was also there in the background, and they show a very fucking unflattering screenshot of him. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a zo- so the, the the video pauses, and we get a zoom in of a weird, kind of shocked looking Kirk Bain type, don't we? Yeah. Sort of- long greasy hair and the beginnings of some sort of facial hair um but it's not flattering at all poor bastard fury um it says that von strucker's body was taken to harvest a pathogen known as the death's head virus this was developed by arnim zola to be hitler's doomsday weapon <laughs> Oh, don't you just miss the days when uh, Hitler was just thrown around in films yeah. as, uh, <laughs> as a plot point. But I'm assuming that was part of the comics, though. Like, Hydra was an offshoot I, of... Yeah, but I think it was very much... The Nazi party. Yeah, but very comics. much um, not directly. I mean, it was obviously that's what it was meant to be. But I don't think they were outright, you know... Named Hitler in comics. I'm surprised. No, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I can't say. I haven't I mean, read every single Marvel comic. In so Captain know. America, do they mention they mention Hitler? Don't that's they? true. They do. Yeah, that's true. It I just was more direct because Captain America was cryogenically. He was frozen. Yeah. In uh, World War Two. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. That I mean, here it just feels like another nineties action trope. There's always some sort of involvement with Hitler. It's kind of... It is kind of weird. I suppose from watching the Captain America films, maybe I'm a little biased, but I just feel like... They, could they just not get the rights to Captain America? I know, yeah. So they had to do a Nick Fury film based around Hydra. Because this probably would have worked a little better as Captain America. Yeah. It would have been more fun. Uh, what I have written down is they all discuss Hydra's plan and it's as stupid as predicted. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently some biological weapon created by the Nazis is still with Von Strucker's corpse. It writes itself, it. doesn't it? It's, it's completely paint by numbers. It is. <laughs> um, Viper, Slay Queen Viper, calls a meeting of the remaining four Hydra lieutenants uh, from Cairo, Osaka, Prey... Uh, Prague and London. How do we know they're from Cairo, Osaka, Prague and London? Because underneath the video links, we have a, <laughs> a rolling sort of... What do, what do they call it? A banner. A rolling banner with the, their location for some reason. It's very convenient for the viewer, very isn't it? convenient for the viewer. <laughs> but it's literally like... They have on like trains. It's like <laughs> next stop, Glasgow Central, and it's just like, what's it called? There's a word for it, but it's you know what I mean. Yeah, it's um, it, it's like a screen with right now. That's what you need to know. Yeah. But um, London's missing. 
There's yeah. no one on the video link. Why is that? Well, after we get some more hilariously bad and camp line delivery... Uh, I, I just have the word ham. Yeah. In she is going for it. She is she absolutely is. going for it. And she has this thing where she keeps... Um, making a fist apart from her pinky finger like she keeps wiggling it around like it's meant to be intimidating and she has this big fucking ugly red ring on her finger oh my god she is every fucking gay comic book fan's dream she is because she's also always inconveniently dressed oh all the time yeah she is always doing a fucking runway she is always dressed for the occasion but she's got more ham than the Sainsbury's Deli it, Council. It's true. It's true. She um, she reveals she has the London lieutenant with her <gasps> for uh, for questioning her authority. Yeah. Um, you have no Kyra... authority here, Viper. <laughs> Kyra's the only one that talks, actually. Isn't... Yeah. I don't know. The hey. others just sort of they're just there they probably wouldn't even fucking aware they were being filmed it was yeah it was probably just a, a still photo to be fair um yeah so because she's this film's equivalent of Jackie Weaver uh, she doesn't agree with not having any authority so she proceeds to shoot the London Lieutenant whilst looking like she's having an orgasm yes I thought <laughs> she was going to I mean it was very a lot of this is very dialogue heavy and very repetitive and, and boring let's be honest and um, so maybe I didn't quite catch what she was saying properly um, but I thought she was going to demonstrate their new weapon on him <laughs> which a higher budgeted film probably would do that <laughs> uh, but instead she just shoots him a few times but she's really enjoying it though she's like ah 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 it's so weird. Like the version we were watching had TV fourteen, <laughs> but like, is that suitable for fourteen-year-olds then? And of course, a gun, of course, is a little tiny fucking really feminine yeah, camp gun as well to course, go with it. Of course. <laughs> um. Yeah, more camp monologues again. I don't have written down what she's going on about. She's just fucking rambling no, on and on and on. She's. We've established that the target with this weapon is going to be Manhattan. Yeah. And this is 1998, so Sex and the City hadn't even started yet. <laughs> so I'd have been absolutely fuming if they'd blown up Manhattan. Spoiler alert, they don't in the end. Um, but, you know, luckily for carrying the girls. Um, but I'm glad that's really concerned. It's a close call, because Manhattan is the target. <laughs> she, yeah, she. Um, we find out she's a little too close with her brother. Yeah, he he's like sat behind her and they're like filling each other up and it's it's really uncomfortable. This, yeah, again TV fourteen. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Nick learns that Zola is still alive and uh, being kept in a shield safe house in Who? Berlin. Zola um, is the random old man in a wheelchair. Ah. Oh. Uh, and I have no idea. <laughs> What he has to do with this fucking know, film. I don't know I've got um, Nick and Val reminisce in a car. <laughs> uh, they reminisce a lot, but don't really establish what they're reminiscing about. <laughs> they're like, talk like Kathy Hilton in shorthand. Yeah. Like, you remember? Yeah, that time. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, oh, so many years ago. Yeah, and you, oh, yeah, I know what you did. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um... They're interrupted by a shot. 
They are. They yeah. are. But like, you know, like that silencer shot in film, like, ping! Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not very the... good silencer if people can hear it <laughs> from, like, metres away. Yeah, we know they're in Berlin, um, thanks to Title Card. Yes. And, uh... Thank you, Title Card. They meet up with... <laughs> you guessed it, another camp queen. This one's a British camp queen. And her name is Gail Runchitter. Gail, 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 uh, <laughs> is that one of Gail's uh, <laughs> married names? Maybe, maybe. And what does she say <laughs> when she arrives? I died for beauty, <laughs> but was scarce adjusted, adjusted in the tomb. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> she's shot this. Shut this guy. Can we just talk about what the Hydra guys look like? <laughs> like, it's hard to describe. Is it the Blue Men? Um, what's that band? The Blue Man yeah. Group. So it's like the Blue Man Group, but like the White Man Group. Yeah, like silver. <laughs> like silver man The faces group. are just silver. They're bold and they have sunglasses on. Yeah. They look um, like um, from the Muppets. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not Beaker, the other one. Yeah. The, the scientist. Um, yeah, so they're very obvious. <laughs> like they 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 wouldn't really blend in in no. a group, which you know. Let's establish that now because uh, that's going to be another uh, annoyance of mine later on. But yeah, so she shot him. He falls down some steps, and she, you know, she, I died for beauty, but was scarce adjusted in the tomb. Um, to which Nick. Follows on. I, d- I didn't get his down. Uh, he says, "Beauty is truth, and truth is beauty. That's all on this. That's all you on this earth need to know." What? <laughs> yeah, uh, that I had to Google it. That is <laughs> the poem from the poem "I Died for Beauty" by Emily Dickinson. <laughs> what the fuck is she reading that? Um, I don't know. Is that like a spy thing? <laughs> like, I mean, she is. Absolutely fucking but, dressed to kill. But imagine if she she did that and the whole it was like a password sort of thing. Um but it's potentially a well known poem. Yeah. If someone in Hydra was like replied to it, she'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, well weird. Maybe there's a twist coming up about her, but before then can we talk about her outfit? Ooh. She is given fucking glamour spy who has just been on holiday to France. And uh, mistook dressing like your French for dressing like your British. Yes, this if this was a Captain America film, it would have been Peggy Carter. Yeah, I mean let's not give her too much credit. Um, there's still she something's wrong. Beret. She's. Uh, <laughs> very, it's very a low a low. It's actually it, it, it is a British tourist in France, <laughs> yeah. but she's in Berlin. But it's very a low a low. It's very like. <laughs> It's a really put on British accent. I don't think for a second that that actress was British. No. Um, um, they get chased for a bit, and uh, the the. <laughs> I got it written. Down. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I've got it written down. Tea and crumpets. <laughs> it's very much tea and crumpets style of British. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what they think British people are like. <laughs> yeah. Gravely mistaken. You Gravely heard it here. You heard it here first on the. Have you seen any of the coverage of the Euros? Then wow. uh, you'd know. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, I mean we're on the better side. Obviously we're on the uh, super gay Hun side. I think. 
Um, so if you listen to our podcast, you know what British people are really like? Just talk shit. I know, yeah. And 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 stand middle-aged women. <laughs> and swear a lot. And swear a lot. We say cunt a lot. More than the average person. Um, but yeah, so where were we? Oh yeah, yeah so it's running through a wall. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, they run through a holographic wall for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it looks awful. All of the CGI in this, I, I, I don't need to keep repeating it, I'm sure... You know, everyone will have assumed this anyway, but it looks like shit. It looks like fucking Tomb Raider graphics on PlayStation 1. It, it's awful. Um, <laughs> when they run through the wall, Gail says, That was fun. I've never done that before. Oh, okay. It's not Cockney. Do you, do you know what? I the most British accent I could do. That was interesting. I've never <laughs> done that before. Well, she wasn't German. <laughs> Shut up, that wasn't German accent. <laughs> It was British. Um, Zola's there. <laughs> it was a little German, wasn't it? It was. Z- She's in Berlin. <laughs> Zola. Um, Who? The, the, the fuck Zola? The guy in the wheelchair. What the fuck have I missed in this I don't know. film? I don't know who Zola is. I okay. really have no idea. Zola. I'll be honest, I missed the Frozen Father at the beginning, and they were talking so much shit. I got lost in... Translation with their talking shit. Yeah. And I thought Zola was um, Viper's father. I thought that as well, briefly. But he can't be in two places at once. He can't be. I mean, he's still frozen. He's still frozen. He's still there as cock out the whole yeah. film. Yeah, we'll go, um, we'll go on to that. But, yeah, he's, he's in a wheelchair. He looks like shit. Um, he looks like Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah. Um... Well, he looks like Emperor Palpatine, doesn't he? He does, he does. He looks like John Hurt playing Emperor Palpatine. In the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> um, so Kate tries to well, read his Kate's eyes. Kate's there? What the fuck? She's there for some reason. <laughs> Apparently they've all gone to Berlin. They just pop up in Berlin? Yeah. Um, so Kate tries to read his mind, but just gets some <laughs> stock footage of bombs and planes crashing. It inside. looks like Terminator 2 when the world ends. It's like... <laughs> It is stop virtual explosions yeah. and uh, like and, some of it in black and white as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and Nick's like, "What did you do to her?" <laughs> um, uh, run cheetah, Gail, Gail. Run cheetah. Um, it lures Nick away from the group. She's like, "Oh, do you want to come and get well, some?" Well, she tells him. She tells him that Hydra have infiltrated Shields. And uh, so she invites him upstairs to discuss it further. With a cheeky hand job. She then tries to seduce him. Um, it's then revealed that she is the spy and she gives him the kiss of death. This is ridiculous, this scene, because I'm not sure if there were two separate actresses or if Gail was Slay Queen Viper but in heavy makeup. In IMDb, they're both listed so two different the two different actors this is un- they must be fucking twin sisters what I'd, yeah so essentially what happens is that she she's got a Rinna Beauty uh, lipstick on <laughs> she gives Nick the kiss of death and then she get because she's a woman she gets this like perfume or mist or something and, and she mists herself like uh, she's on a beach face spray it's like a face spray and um, her face changes or it doesn't, it doesn't because you know both beautiful actresses um <laughs> can't act they, they can't act so it's revealed that it's andrea but andrea looks very similar 
to the actress who played Gail. <laughs> so I didn't really know. I was like, well, what has she done? She just missed her face. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but then the accent changes. And then the accent changes. But Nick's there like, oh, it's you. I was like, who? Who's that? <laughs> He's so shocked. They've got the same makeup on. It's not even like the makeup's changed. They've both got Runa Beauty, yeah. bright red. Yeah. Um, do you think she got this from Sharon Stone's bowline? Bowline? Oh, God. <laughs> Bowline. Bowline. <laughs> um, she then kisses Fury with, po- with her poisoned lipstick, leaving him unconscious and runs away. Unconscious. 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 <laughs> and runs away laughing, <laughs> enabling Hydra to retake Zola. Her run away is fucking everything. It it is genuinely like um Cindy in scary movie when she runs away. It over exaggerates it. Yeah. I, I just this is this is a serious they they're meant to be taking this seriously. Oh, and she runs away like that. And it's a proper witch laugh. Like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Um when Nick comes around when he when he's conscious again, uh he is fuming that in his exact words Hydra has been jerking their chains six ways to Sunday. Okay. Yes, that's what he said. Um, he's then tested in a large clear tube. Um, I'm assuming he's nude. Uh, and everyone's just like staring at him. Like Lisa Rinna's there as well. Like Val. Just there like taking it really seriously. And it's like, in that tube <laughs> in his test <laughs> because they're like hiding it yeah. they're hiding it yeah. like Austin Powers style and um, yeah he's kind of I don't know what, what's happening because he's in this clear tube like an MRI style but it's clear and he's like going forwards and backwards yeah like but I don't understand why he's like... Nur, 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 nur. Like, nothing else is happening. He's just moving back and forth. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, the poison has been created to be similar to the Colombian tree frog. <laughs> but then, the clever clogs that they are, they say, well, to pass it on with a kiss, Andrea must be immune, so a sample of her blood may help cure Nick. Yeah, may help. Like may they, help. they don't even know for sure. May help. But he's got forty eight hours to live unless he can get her DNA um, to develop the antidote. Yes. This is when Val. Nick and Val discuss old times well, again. Val's like, hang on a minute. He's gonna die soon. No one else around here looks like they're worthy of giving it to me. So let's uh, let's get some of that Nick Dick. Well, she's already had Nick Dick. Well, she wants some more of it. She wants some more. She'll back for seconds. She's like, uh, so, you know, when I dumped you before, um, you know, it, it wasn't that bad. Should we get it on again? And he's like, fuck off. No. Basically. Yeah, essentially. Well, they reminisce about the past. Uh, they were a little more forthcoming with uh, the tea this time. Yeah. Uh, apparently Val walked out on him <laughs> and into someone else's bed. Into another man's bed. <laughs> Um, and he's still the same jerk that she walked out on all those years yeah. ago. Yeah, she realised she wasn't going to get anywhere. So she's like, do you know what? Fuck off. I can't be asked for this. Now, if you're thinking that they have a full-blown, exciting argument, they don't. No. He's literally like, they barely I'm, even raise their voices. I'm trying to make it sound more exciting. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, you know, this ain't Amsterdam. Um... <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Okay, how many people do you think are going to get these references, okay. by the way? Google Lisa Rinna, <laughs> Kim Richards, Amsterdam, and enjoy the best ten minutes of television that's ever existed. <laughs> um, do you think it was Harry Hamlin's bed that she ran into? I think after, it was. After yeah, Nick Fury. Don't you talk about her husband. <laughs> um, Hydra, well... Uh, Camp Queen, Andrew, no, 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 this is a bizarre series of events. In a very fucking bizarre series of events. Um, a clone of Pinsir walks him. <laughs> and Sorry. very much, they're trying to go with Terminator It's very much, you know. They... But also, like, isn't this something kind of similar in um, Escape from New York? Yeah. Where he's like, I will shoot you, you know, shit like that. Um, yeah, so, the, you know, they're trying to kill this clone. And then, he turns to the side, opens his mouth as wide as Holly Jervis. Like, his mouth is a fucking cave. Holly Jervis! Everyone ain't going to understand my references. <laughs> oh, if people don't know to look up Bad X Factor videos by now, whilst listening to us, then fucking hell. Um, yeah, so he does a Holly Jervis, opens his mouth really wide, and <laughs> out pops a projector of... Viper, Andrea, as a floating head. <laughs> I shit you not. Again, watch our compilation on YouTube. It is on there. She is a floating head. What was the, the obsession with floating heads in with the 90s? Veil. With a veil. With on a as veil, well. yes. So even when it's just a head, she's still going to be wearing something. And <laughs> she's just there. Um, and she's like... I will attack Manhattan with the virus, barring payment of US $1 billion. Of course it's $1 billion. Of course. Um, and, yeah, and then she just makes the pincer clone explode. Yeah. Do you know, after this, there was no mention of ever paying the $1 no. billion. <laughs> She's like, I'll just try my luck. Yeah, um, but there was absolutely no mention of it. Uh, yeah, and then... But what does she need $1 billion for? I know, right. It, it doesn't fit into her plan in if any way. she's got enough money to build <laughs> a weapon that is big enough to destroy Manhattan, I'm not sure if she needs a $1 billion. No. Um, as a proof of their threat, the real Gale... <laughs> the real Gale has found... Uh, she's, oh, yeah. she's dying from the virus, and... Uh, some reason Gabe looks at her really disgusted. Yeah, they all look yeah. disgusted. But she's a uh, Kent TV fourteen. She's like, um, what's what's his name? Two Two Face. Yeah. Um, in is it Dark Knight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like her one half of her face is like <laughs> horrifically scarred, and she's like. Screaming and crying. <laughs> it's actually quite distressing. I'm like, oh my god. And, yeah, but they're just like, get this fucking ugly bitch away from us now. Yeah. And they're like, ugh. <laughs> uh, after Nick and his team briefed the President of the United States, obviously the President of the United States is in this, um, Pierce determines uh, from a chip from a laptop sold in the Aleutian Islands uh, that the Hydra base might be there. Yeah, I put, they put together a plan that I don't really care about. Um, and then they established that because Andrea gave them, gave them the time, as in Greenwich Mean Time, <laughs> that she isn't in America. <laughs> like, 
she's like GMT like, oh oh she ain't in America oh. how very convenient for them I know um like she's you're like oh um you know she can figure out what the time would have been local time in Manhattan yeah um few uh, Nick has his people split into two teams one led by Val heading to Manhattan to find the refrigerated truck uh, that they believe will be needed to deploy the virus. Now, this is when Lisa Renette goes full fucking action hero. She, she is gets so determined. She? I mean, they split up and she's just put with a load of extras. So this yeah. is her time to shine. The other one is Nick leading Pierce and Kate. Uh, to the Aleutian Island. Am I saying that right? I've never seen the name Aleutian, of this place before. Aleutian, Aleutian, there we go. I think. Um, Pinsa is fuming at Nick for deciding on doing this and uh, tries to convince him to come back by calling him, I shit you not, calling him a comic book coward. Yes. An actual line of dialogue from this film a comic book coward. Is it trying to be self-aware? Mm. It's just shit, though, isn't it? It's real cheesy. And, and how is he a comic book coward? He's going to save the day. Yeah. But, the, yeah, so... But then Psychic Girl and Hugh Grant... Sa- Psychic Sally. Psychic Sally and Hugh <laughs> Grant are... Uh, are um, trusting of Nick. For some reason, they've only just met him. Yeah. Uh, but they trust him, and they put their own careers on the line. Well, it beat... He beat Hugh Grant up when he first met him. He was, like, And yeah. he still trusts him. Yeah. Um, after telling Psych... No, can we explain Hugh Grant? So, this Pierce, he's British, but also, like, Hugh Grant was big in 1998. And you could tell they were going for a Hugh Grant type. <laughs> that sort of, kind of clumsy, um, handsome British guy that never really happened after Hugh Grant. Like, <laughs> Hugh Grant is the only one that really did that character. Oh, clearly not. Pierce did it. Well, Pierce clearly. did. Whoever played Pierce. Um, after telling Psychic Sally that there are no rules in his life, and upon arriving in the Aleutian Islands, uh, and confirming that a hydro transmission has come from there, Nick's plane is shut down by heat-seeking missiles. <gasps> Now, this is where the ad breaks become very clear. Oh, my God. They fade out (laughs) every fucking time. But, like, from now on, before I couldn't really tell or I wasn't paying enough attention. Um, But from, you don't, when the action starts getting really good, you can tell the ad break cliffhangers. I, I do love how in the scene as well, you know, the plane clearly explodes. Yeah. There's not enough time for them you to get out. You don't see anyone jumping out of the no. plane or anything. It just fades to an ad break. Yeah. The next time you see Nick and his team, they are casually out of the out of the jet and infiltrating the Hydra base. Oh my god. Without a so single scratch. Like, yeah. Like there's no explanation as to how they survived it. No. Why have that scene and in there? And they're so fortunate that it happened right over where they needed to be. <laughs> like, they're not even wet from falling in the water no. or anything. Meanwhile, in Manhattan, Val and the team uh, figure out that the refrigerator truck is disguised as a garbage truck. Yeah, so this is the crossover we all knew we wanted. Uh, <laughs> Lisa Renner becomes a real housewife of New York. Um, <laughs> no Bethany or Countess Luan, unfortunately. Just a, a big... Um, van it's a decoy yeah. like 
Are you making up time here? I what a completely waste of time. <laughs> yeah, they really had to push it out to 90 I think minutes. So. I did, they definitely did. Um, Nick does a flying kick. <laughs> he jumps out nowhere and does a flying kick to knock a guard out. <laughs> It does, yeah. Uh, and they realise it's far too easy to get in, and they're all captured and stripped of their weapons. And now, category is evil Nazi realness, and Viper makes her grand camp entrance down the stairs and says, You liked my kissing so much that you're back for more. I'm amazed you lasted this long. Uh... And then she does an evil, sexy pose in her amazing outfit. It is something. It is. It is Anne Summers. Um, if you, if if Anne Summers, I mean, they'd never do this. If they wanted to do a fancy dress outfit for Halloween for a, a sexy Hitler, this is definitely what it would look like. It looks like a cheap Halloween costume version of the Evil Queen in Snow White, because it's got that. Version of Snow White were you watching? The bit... It's got the bit at <laughs> the back, that fanned bit. Yeah. In the collar. Um, it's exactly what she's serving. She looks like she should be on the packaging for a shit Halloween costume. <laughs> 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 the fucking... With a knockoff name, Snow Pale Villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The not very nice queen. Devilish queen. <laughs> <laughs> Evil German. <laughs> She's one step away from saying mirror, mirror on the wall. Um, she re- and, then, and then she says, who's the fairest of them all? Lisa Rinna pops up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Viper reveals to Nick that she will release the virus. <laughs> She's had the same hair for 20 years, so it was fresh in 1998. <laughs> Thank you very much. She, uh, she reveals... Uh, that she'll still release the virus even if they're paid and uh, locks Nick and his team in a freezer. Oh, it looks so cold in there, doesn't it? How do we know it's cold? It's fucking blue. <laughs> and there's a massive piece of meat next to it. It looks yeah. fucking disgusting. It looks so dirty in there and there's a bit, there's one bit of meat hanging up and they keep rubbing their arms to prove that it's a freezer. <laughs> can I, of course. Um, can I ask a question? Yeah. Why is there a meat freezer in the middle of <laughs> Hydra's lair. Like, I could understand a freezer. They probably kept the weapon in the freezer. Yeah. I can understand the freezer. But why, like, the big piece of cow hanging (laughs) from the ceiling? Um, Val and the boys are still following the garbage truck, uh, which eventually lifts up to reveal the missile. The thing about the garbage truck is, so Val's in contact with uh, headquarters and they're like, headquarters are uh, suspicious of the garbage truck. They're like, oh, we're getting this reading and there's five people. And it looks like a normal garbage truck, apart from the people in America, the way the garbage trucks are is that the the garbage men hang off the, the... the truck mm-hmm. as it's driving and so there's the two hydra like henchmen um like silver fucking bold heads <laughs> these fucking sunglasses <laughs> very very obvious <laughs> and vows there like 
are you sure? It just looks like a garbage truck <laughs> to me. Like, who are those fucking weirdos hanging from the sides? She was there and one of them got shot in Berlin. <laughs> like, they didn't even try and put a wig on them to hide it or anything. Look, yeah, it looks looks uh, very suspicious to me, love. She she looks at the missile and she says, "They couldn't miss Manhattan if they tried." I was like, Are you gonna fall asleep there, Lisa? Renna? Kid out. But she, you see, there's there's some sort of effort in there. She's trying. She's really trying to go for his action and everything. The, yeah, but what also is um, the reason why this film isn't mediocre, Mister Screenwriter. <laughs> Is that she talks of headquarters in terms of like surgery, so <laughs> she's the head nurse. They're the doctor, so whoever's on the other end of the headquarters. I never got any of their names. Um, they're the doctor, and the, there's the patient, and then obviously the upcoming surgery, um, which is fucking stupid and really gets on <laughs> my fucking nerves by the end because that's. Throughout this whole scene, yeah, how they communicate. But we wouldn't get one of the greatest quotes of all time That's... if it wasn't for that. No. Uh, after about three hours of being in the freezer, uh, Nick reveals. <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing is that um, <laughs> when he's in the freezer, he's like, "Wow, they've actually done me a favour. My my fever's been cured. <laughs> I feel great." Yeah, at this point, this is when he is in overdrive of his one-liners and yeah. trying to be funny. Um, he reveals, after all that time, that in place of his missing left eye, under his eye patch, he keeps an explosive um, with which they're able to escape. Yeah. After just staying in the freezer for all that time. Yeah, he blows the door open to the freezer and they escape. The president wants to know what uh, he should do. So Gabe asks for a message to be passed to him uh, that he should start praying. Okay. Did you not get out of town? No. The, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters guys really bored me. I didn't really care. <laughs> Val, um... Is oh, she's having... going in for the kill. No, this is... After she has a fucking nap. She, like she's she's literally at the top watching these, uh, this garbage truck and she looks like she's fell asleep. It does actually look like she's asleep. And they're, they're trying to contact her, so... She... <laughs> she prepares for action and swings down like fucking Tarzan Kick some guards over. The thing... No, before that, and it was this really shit thing that so many films do, is that for some reason, one of the guards is, like, playing with a ball, like, um, thrown against the wall, like um, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, Mm -hmm. and it bounces him back. And it's like... You know, they they haven't haven't been established as, like fun-loving guys, no. these henchmen. But he's throwing this ball and it's bouncing back. And then it bounces back and then explodes because it's been replaced with a fucking... <laughs> like, grenade. Like, grenade? That's what you call it. Yeah, yeah like a grenade. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, but then she swings down into action. She does. In her fucking leather outfit. <laughs> she is... She is... Look, she looks... Good. She looks gorgeous in this film, in her leather jacket. Yeah, and she... And leather outfit, excuse me. She she kicks uh, some guards over uh, and then holds a gun on Andrea's incest brother. Uh, and he says, you won't shoot me. You'll put the whole city at risk. And she says, only if I miss Slappy Boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and shoots him. 
That shoots him, uh, I'm assuming, square in the hands. And then we get one of the greatest quotes in cinematic history. And she says, Head nurse to surgeon, operation over, patient sedated. <laughs> I could not believe what I was hearing. I had to rewind it back. It, it is on our YouTube. It, it was just bizarre seeing Lisa Rinna, of all people, providing this fucking action hero one-liner. Yeah? Yeah. That you, you've got nothing to say about it. I thought it's amazing. It absolutely it's an amazing my, my issue is, it's just all these fucking references to surgery. <laughs> it just really got on my nerves. But the delivery is top-notch. Patience are dating. Patience are dating. <laughs> So, I mean, you were very underwhelmed by that, which I'm, I'm disappointed by. Well, um, she did. Well, I mean, I preferred when she shot someone in the head. I mean, that that was uh, that was better. The missiles start preparing for launch. Val wants to know if she would have heard from Nick, and they uh, and they say his line's dead. And she says, "And so will the rest of New York City if we don't stop this." Uh, Nick tells the other two to leave as his poison makes him more ill. <laughs> um, then we get... Uh, I've just written, oh no, the missiles are set to still go. They need the abort codes. Ad break. <laughs> Ad break. <laughs> Ad break. <laughs> um, Nick does a big dive through a door and over a table. Um, <laughs> yeah. It goes and, a long way. Andrew starts talking to Emperor Palpatine about how she was going to sacrifice her brother anyway. Oh, fuck Val's drag. She put herself in danger. We can die anyway. Um, I've also got a star here saying her father is in the corner in a glass container. Uh, he appears to be nude from the shoulders. Yeah, he is. Because they're doing this like frosted cryogenic thing where it covers his body but you can kind of see his shoulders are bare so my assumption is that he's had his cock out for the whole time <laughs> like she's seriously been there and her dad's knob is like at the corner yeah. of her eye the whole time as we find out at the end of the film though that wouldn't be an issue for her she's issue. fucking her whole family so then Nick enters and does a slide over the table <laughs> um, uh, yeah they have a fight don't they uh, him and kind of, kind of um Zola, in his wheelchair, attempts to shoot Nick. Stop. But in the bizarre <laughs> series of events... Best part of the film. In, in the bizarre series of events, he doesn't <laughs> shoot him. Instead, he electrocutes himself and sends his wheelchair rolling backwards. <laughs> it's like a fucking Benny Hill sketch, it is. isn't it? it? It is ridiculous. So obviously, as I stated earlier, this, this gun that... Happens to be the one closest to them. Because obviously they've taken it off Nick. But it happens to be the closest to um, Emperor Palpatine slash John Hurt. And so this is the one he's going to use because it's convenient for the story. And uh, he tries to shoot it at this like, electric... <laughs> and his wheelchair flies back. <laughs> and it's... Oh my God. So It looks fucking stupid. Yeah. Again, it looks like Benny Hill... Or, um, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show, like Dr. Scott. Like, Gremlins with the, uh, the, uh, oh, the stair lift. No, Gremlins looked way better. This looks <laughs> shoddy. <laughs> yeah, so that's the oh. end of, um, of Zola, whoever the fuck he was. was uh, we barely knew the... Um, then Viper and Nick have a full-on fight uh, for a little longer. 
uh, before the clock informs them that there's only 10 minutes left. And she says, oh, look, Fiori, you're too late. I don't know know what that was. Viper gets hold of a gun and uh, shoots Nick and says, revenge is mine. However, oh, don't. Uh, Nick comes from a different corner of the room and she says, but I just killed you. And he says, no, you killed my life model decoy. <laughs> like it's a fucking advertisement for life model decoys. So where the fuck was this life model decoy <laughs> hiding? Look, like, where did this come from? He didn't just pull it out of his pocket. <laughs> like where, like. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, you can forgive a lot in these films. And, but where's the logic? It doesn't make any sense. No. Where did this fucking life-size <laughs> decoy come from? And why have we not seen it previously? <laughs> also, ridiculous. the life-size, the life model decoy has to do, ev- has to do everything the exact same as Nick. Yeah. So where was Nick jumping around and pretending to fight and everything exactly. that whole time? He's in the corner of the room, like <laughs> like a VR. Like, oh, oh, oh. Um, Nick catches Viper, takes her to her frozen father, and says, "He's a bit uglier than I remember." Your frozen pop sickle. You get it, Andrea? Pop sickle. You know that's the problem with the Third Reich. No sense of humor. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, Nick finally gets through to S.H.I.E.L.D. and Val and she says, Nick, thank God, I thought you were dead. And he says, I was, but now I'm better. What? <laughs> they weren't. I got it written Nick, thank God, I thought you were dead. <laughs> and I got it written underneath, I never said I stand her for her acting. <laughs> yeah, again, giving us absolutely nothing at all. Um, she'll tell Nick that the only way to stop the missiles is with the abort code. And he walks up to Viper and says, you heard the man. And she's like, in, in an American accent. No, sorry, British, oh, one. Sorry, what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> she forgot she didn't speak German for a second. Um, sorry, me duck. What was the question? <laughs> Kate uses her telepathy to draw the code from Viper's she, mind. You forgot she was in this film, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. She's still there. Um... And she uses her telepathy, and while she's doing it, Nick just stands there, close up to his eyes, the camera, and he just keeps saying, dig deep, you can do this. Dig deep, you can do this. Dig deep, you can do it. He just keeps repeating oh, you himself. You off and you're like, shut the fuck up, I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> and they get the code, um, but he's not sure if the final number is nine or six. Ooh. Yeah, she very clearly said to him six. Oh, I bet it's both. No. She's so tense moments when the last digit could be a nine or a six <laughs> as she she questions herself, doesn't it? Doesn't she, old Kate? Lord forbid Kate be the one to save the day. <laughs> Nick, there has to be a like choice for Nick to make, and Nick knows it's a six. Well, Val goes, What's gonna be Nick? Nine or six? Yes, yeah, up to you. He says, Nine, no, six, six, six. <laughs> yeah. So that when Val actually means she wants it to be a six and a nine. Oh well, yeah, yeah, we all know that. Uh, the day yeah. is saved. <laughs> what is it, Nick? Are you the six or are you the nine? <laughs> the, the day is saved, and Nick reveals that he knew it would all be okay in the end. Um, 
And then Viper says, you got lucky with the numbers, Fury. In a few minutes, they'll be coming through the door with a hundred men. You haven't got a chance. And then in a really, in really uh, anticlimactic fashion, yeah. the heli carrier arrives and captures Hydra's forces before they could do anything. Yeah. Like, seriously, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, there's a hundred men behind that door. Before this, we see them trying to break into the door and we see them for breaking ages. the door for so I mean, long. It takes them so long. Considering there's a hundred men there, it takes fucking ages. Um, after this, Viper says, I'll see you in hell for this. And Nick, because he's a uh, banter king, he's like, we'll do lunch. And uh, Gabe says, that's quite a woman, Nicholas. And he says, that's too high maintenance for me. What? <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? Um, it essentially means that too high maintenance. Yeah, but no one was offering her on a plate to him, were they? No, but yeah, yeah, but he's like the handsomest man on planet Earth, True. isn't he? Viper escapes. He's cool dude and all round ladies man, Nick Fury. Come on, <laughs> well, every woman wants desperate to drop their knickers for him. Apparently, she escapes somehow. She does escape so very easily. <laughs> they take their eyes off the ball and she escapes. With the frozen body of a naked father, she is stood let up against his dick. Stop. Stop. <laughs> she gets into the like the, the tube that he's in and it's a tight squeeze and if his <laughs> cock is out, she's like her ass is pressed up against her dad's bell end. That's how she brought him back to life. Horrifying. She starts blowing kisses at Nick, and that's it. She's gone. Yes. And Nick's words. It's like an, an elevator, isn't it? So it goes yeah. down. She's halfway to China by now, <laughs> apparently to Nick, after yeah. she literally just Yeah, missed. like 20 seconds They don't after. even try to get her back. Not really. Um, Pincer shouts in Fury's face about all the rules he broke, which leads to Nick knocking him out. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming they already got her blood before she left. Yeah, he's fine. But no one mentioned that, so I was like, oh my god, Nick Fury's going to die. Yeah, no, he's Well, he's actually, well, I didn't really care that much. But if I if I was invested in the story, I would have said, oh my god, Nick Fury's going to die. But they just didn't mention the fact that they'd already found the cure for him. <laughs> Val wants to give him another go, so she pays him a visit, and uh, he tells her that taking a dose of dying made him realise that he'd lost her, as well as his job when he left S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. And they go to have a kiss, but they're interrupted. Yeah... Nick decides to return to S.H.I.E.L.D. to counter the new threat of Hydra. And him and Val stare off into the sunset while she holds his arm. Yeah, was yeah, Still wasn't going to get the big kiss. Was it like... Um, like a no-kissing rule. Like no-kissing rule in the contract <laughs> or something. Like, they're meant to be love interest at the end. Just when you think it's all over, Viper has now restored her father. Baron Wolfgang von Strucker to life. He... Uncomfortably caresses her. Mm. He, he obviously had a great time when she was rubbed up against him. Uh, and it looks like they're about to kiss. And he reveals their work has just begun. So they walk away doing an evil laugh together. Yes. Setting up for the TV series that never happened. And that's Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. That is Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the sort of film that, you know... It's, it's these type of films that led to me even wanting to do this podcast in the first place. This is a trash the piece. It, you know, they think they're making this big superhero epic. They're not. They made this fucking awful piece of shit film. But it is hilarious because of it. 
it's a weird crossroads between wanting to be a serious superhero film, wanting to be a kid-friendly superhero film with, like, cheesy jokes, and then it just not working, but then also, like, actually working because it turns out to be hilarious. Yeah. If that makes any sense But just not for the right reasons. It's just this weird sort of... It's like Batman and Robin. It really is like a cheapo, made-for-TV version of Batman and Robin. Yeah. um, With a much lower budget. (laughs) But it's like... Weird. And it's only something that could have been made in the 90s. It's... It is. So 90s. So 90s. It is. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to have seen more. I'd love to have seen a sequel. Um, but of course, you know, Nick Fury is recast as Samuel L. Jackson and Lisa Rinna was recast as Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And first, that's For it. now. That's that's the end of it. I mean, once, once Disney listened to our podcast and <laughs> realised that Lisa Rinna was available for the role, yeah. I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus will have to go back to... Well, they can, they can have both. They can have both now. You know, we're going to have multiple Spider-Men. She's going to she's gonna have to do a like troll remake. <laughs> or a... <laughs> but if you, if you want to watch Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., it is on YouTube in full. Um, I don't think anyone's losing any money for this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think getting a DVD or Blu-ray will lose any time soon, so it's kind of your only way to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so... If you are listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, like, follow, and everything else. If you've seen Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, talk to us on social media. Talk about the Royal Housewives, anything you want. Oh, my God. If you're keeping up with Sutton and Crystal and their drama, talk to us about it. You know, we're all ears. Yes. If you've got any recommendations of film starring Real Housewives... (laughs) That would be perfect for the podcast. Let us know. Yeah, we're still building up our Real Housewives Cinematic Universe episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so let us know on social media. Horacle Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Horacle Trash on Twitter. I am Gazmo205 on Instagram. GazCruise92 on Twitter. And Gaz 92 on Letterboxd. I am Chris Barker 823 on Instagram, Letterboxd and Twitter. Next week, we continue with Marvel... Um, we have quite the duo lined up for you. We have the film that launched Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. <laughs> L- launched the Vanilla Guff anthem. Vanilla Guff? Is that a term? Is that a real term? <laughs> yeah. Did you, do you not know Guff. that Normal People Scare Me is Live, Laugh, Love for Vanilla Guff? Oh my god, yeah, of course. Hey, come on, Bring Me to Life is absolutely Vanilla Guff. Oh, right, I love on. that song. Right, of course you do. Um, no, there's two Evanescent songs in the film. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Daredevil and its spin-off, Elektra. Yes, I've never seen them. Uh, no uh, that's all i got to say. <laughs> Eleven-year-old me, eleven year old me thought that fucking... Oh, but you were living your best life. I thought Daredevil was the best thing ever. I was so proud that when Bring Me To Life got big, I was going around to everyone like, oh, I knew it before it was famous. I had the Daredevil CD <laughs> soundtrack. I did have the Daredevil CD soundtrack. Um, and I do believe Nickelback are on it as well. It is, it is the most 2003 soundtrack you will ever hear. Nice. 
uh, Electra is fucking dog shit. So, yeah, that'll be fun. So, we will see you same time, same place next week. Bye. <laughs>